other exodus to talk about, and then we will exodus. Jeremiah 16. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says Jehovah, that it shall no more be said, Jehovah lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, but Jehovah lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where he had driven them. For I will bring them back into their land, which I gave to their fathers. It's like one prophecy after another, and there's something about God that just loves exoduses, and I don't you know if you realize And returns, that yeah. We're actually <laughs> waiting for another exodus of yeah. our own out yeah. of here, too, right? So <laughs> yeah. he's, he's really into exoduses. So in 1963, the site of Masada was finally unearthed, and uh, it's, I've been there you know, a number of times, and it's... Uh, it's powerful. It was ignored for years because it reminded the rabbis of the failures of all the false messiahs that continually appeared after Jesus. They're, they're, you know, they just uh, they rejected him, so they're waiting for one that they like. And it's like, like you know, <laughs> sometimes you just got to go, sorry, we're wrong. But the rabbi, Yigal Yadin, led an international expedition to unearth the many secrets of the ruins. In the synagogue the Jewish rebels had constructed, they discovered fragments of Ezekiel 37. And this is what it says. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. But there was no breath, or ruach, also the word for the Holy Spirit right. in them. So the vision that came from uh, this, when he's, you know, he's unearthing it all, he's digging it up, and he's got a vision, is a picture of what the Jews call the second exodus. The restoration of Israel to the promised land happened in 1948. It's continued ever since. But it's just the physical aspect of the restoration because they've not yet begun to follow Yeshua, Jesus, as their Messiah. Mm. Their spiritual restoration will come in fullness when the breath or ruach of God is poured out upon the nation, which is what we pray for. Why don't we come and teach on Passover that they might hear and they might be saved? Yeah. We got a glimpse of that on June 1967 when Israel reclaimed the Temple Mount for the first time in 2,000 years. Just a glimpse of on that same day in America, the Jesus Movement was birthed in San Francisco, bringing a revival that brought thousands of Jews to faith in their Messiah and to Yeshua, Jesus, establishing the Messianic movement here, there, and around the world. Many of those converts are now living in the land of Israel. Now, the Bible is full of prophetic scriptures that can only fit into a time like the thousand-year reign of Christ, and the Talmud speaks a, a good bit on eternity. So while the first part of the second exodus has occurred, creation of the nation of Israel, and the return of the millions of Jews, there awaits another eternal aspect to that second exodus, when Jews, when Jesus returns to take us home to heaven. So again, I don't know if we're the fourth or fifth one, but one of those exodus. And then return along with the new Jerusalem to the new earth. So then, see, even when we go up there, it's only the exodus back here. Yeah, it's another return, yeah. It's just like, it just it doesn't end. So, uh, but... Um, so that's, that's the end of all the exodus. But I wanted to say what I think is fascinating for me is uh, what I call the unending Passover. You, you think this teaching is like the unending Passover, <laughs> but there's actually another one. The Jewish morning, for a typical Jew praying, uh, begins the, uh, the Moda'ani prayer. It's, it's Moda'ani as I thank. It's thanking God for waking you up and for another day of life. And some is Morani, Morani, just sing it. And Immunoteca uh, uh, is, is the, the end of it is thanking you for your faithfulness. And so it's, it's um, 
thanking God for waking you up, right? So it's kind of a bookend prayer, though, that connects to their evening prayers, which often end with the phrase, into your hands I commit my spirit, mm. which comes from Psalm 31.5 at the end of the prayers. So a lot of Jews uh, go to sleep, and the very last words they say, ironically, are the last words of Jesus on the cross. Mm. Oh, that they realize that. The idea is that we go to sleep, we entrust our spirit for safekeeping to God who is almighty, and when you wake up in the morning, you, you receive it back. So Passover, the cross, is connected to the evening prayer prayed by so many Jews because this verse was the same verse that Jesus cried out while dying on the cross in Luke 23. Was that tradition part of his life so much? Then, Because this, that, that prayer isn't just like these last thousand years. That goes back thousands of years ago. Was that tradition a part of Jesus' life so much that it was his last thought before closing his eyes was the same words he said every night? Uh, and taking his last breath on the cross was just out of that? Yeah. Well, listen to the rest, the early part of Psalm 31. In you, Jehovah, I've taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress mm -hmm. to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead me and guide me. Keep me free from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Yeah. And then the last verse, into your hands I commit my spirit. Deliver me, Jehovah, my faithful God. So the interesting part, it's all interesting, but the Hebrew word for I commit is afkid, is, uh, or um, we'll just leave it at that, is afkid, is closer to the idea of entrusting or depositing and reclaiming it later. All right. I commit. See, in English, commits kind of vague, right? It's, it really isn't this idea of a future thing. If you're committing to something, you're doing it, but you're not getting anything back. But the Hebrew word is, is much more of I'm entrusting something or like a depositing money and I'm going to reclaim it later, right? So when they say, into your hands, mm. I entrust or I commit, I've upkeyed uh, my spirit. The Midrash says, when one entrusts his fellow with an object, even if he gives it to him, when it's brand new, it will be returned to him in, in a tarnished condition. In other words, no matter how you give somebody something, you can't get it back brand new. Mm -hmm. When, however, God is entrusted with the spirit of man, this is in the Midrash, he's entrusted an object which is tarnished and weak, and it returns to him fresh and healthy as if it were brand new. Yeah. So this has become this prayer every night, which is... Uh, uh, into your hands I, I entrust or I commit my spirit. You will redeem me, Jehovah, God of truth. So Passover, in its simplest form, is God reaching out his hand to you, asking you to trust him with your life. We look at his faithfulness and our unfaithfulness. We give up everything, expecting an exodus from all that was to all that he has for us. And so I, I, love, I like the idea of ending our teaching today at Exodus with just that simple prayer of your ending and your beginning is, uh, is the very last words of Jesus. May, may they learn, may we learn to, uh, I think, pray them and uh, call out to God continually those very yeah. things and realize that's what we're doing. Well, and you went back there to the beginning of Psalm 31 and you were talking about how David said the refuge and the shield. What was it earlier? We were talking about the word... Yeah. 
that meant shield that is Passover. And, and that's when you said that, I was like, man, that makes me think of the way David prayed. <laughs> <laughs> Back to sock all over again. Here we are. So, man, the beginning and the end.